Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Now, uh, earlier this week, uh, we told you about a vote that actually uh, occurred last week, uh, last Friday, in fact, uh, where the Metro Vancouver board voted 84-50 in support of accelerating a faster move away from fossil fuels. Now, the original recommendations were advocated by the city of Richmond. Now, the vote includes asking the B.C. government to enact legislation to speed up the transition away from natural gas. Now, Fortis, B.C. asked Metro Vancouver to reject recommendations for a quicker move away from fossil fuels, arguing, of course, the transition takes time and natural gas is part of that transition. Uh, The move was also not supported by various business associations who also wrote in, uh, including the Metro Vancouver Board of Trade. Now, earlier this week, uh, Richmond Mayor Malcolm Brody was on this show and asked, and we asked him why local government should focus on natural gas and climate change broadly when some would argue climate change policy should be left to senior levels of government. Here's his response. I think it's the responsibility of all the uh, parties uh, in government, whether you're at the local, provincial, or federal level. Uh, At the Metro Vancouver level, uh, we have the Climate 2050 Energy Roadmap, and really what we're advocating here is to follow that roadmap but do it at a quicker pace. Uh, And that is Malcolm Brody, the mayor of Richmond. Of course, he voted uh, as part of the Metro Vancouver board uh, last Friday on the issue. Well, joining us now to talk about the issue is Ian Tostenson, president of the BC Restaurant and Food Services Association. Uh, Good afternoon, Ian. Hey, Jess. I don't usually call in the buzz line, but I I listened to the segment yesterday and I sort of of thought, you know what, we've got to weigh in here because, you know, our our industry has such a vested interest, as you you probably can imagine, in natural Mm. gas. And we've been down this road once before with the city of Vancouver under the, the former mayor, where it almost became a, ban, a complete ban on natural gas. So here we are again, uh, you know, in a circular argument. And um, so here we go. Yeah. What was interesting, uh, it was funny, I was driving home uh, after last Friday's show and I got a call uh, from a source of mine saying, "This, did you hear about this vote? I said, no. And it turns out there's no reporter covering the vote, by the way. There was an article written a few days prior in advance of the vote, but uh, I guess everybody's busy covering forest fires, whatever it may be, but nobody actually covered the vote. So uh, we got to it this week on the show and I, and I just didn't want to do one segment. I want to keep going back to it because it is a broader mm-hmm. conversation. I think all of us are concerned about climate change, but in your industries, for your industry here i mean uh, natural gas is part of um, most kitchens uh, what kind of impact would happen if they ban natural gas we're in the middle of doing a study right now a uh, rather expensive study i will imagine but we're taking a, an actual restaurant mm-hmm. on main street and we're going to convert it from it's an existing gas restaurant in get this in a city of vancouver building hmm. and um, we're going to uh, do a theoretical conversion of that restaurant to electricity um we haven't got to the end game yet on this, but and it's going to take a couple of months just to do all those. So here's what: the, 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 if you were actually a restaurant needing to convert to electricity, if in fact that was even practical, you'd have to go through the same things. You need permits, you need engineering drawings, you need to source the equipment, you need to upgrade, you know, all your electrical. What we're finding out already is that we probably couldn't 
get enough electrical load, it gets kind of technical, into the building to begin with, even to do it. Mm -hmm. But actually to do it, by the time it's all said and done, it's probably going to be anywhere from forty to $70,000. So that's not going to be on for any restaurant uh, to do that, um, apart from the fact that, you know, cooking with electricity, electricity, um, you know, in a lot of cases, induction, I suppose, uh, isn't practical. I mean, natural gas gives you instant heat, instant fire. And I remember someone telling me in an ethnic restaurant that if they had to use electricity, mm-hmm. they'd have to keep the, the, uh, the, the stoves on full blast all day long so they have access to that heat, instant heat. Of course, now you've got – this is where these policies drive me crazy because no one thinks about this. Now you've got electricity burning, you know, full on you know, for 12 hours a day so that the cooks and chefs can access um, that heat. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're going to cause other problems. So, you know, my biggest problem here is that, we, you know, we, need, we don't need a whole bunch of different municipalities weighing in on, hey, let's jump on the bandwagon here. No one has even discussed this with us, uh, you know, as an industry and engaged us to, to try to be part of the solution. And, uh, and or the practicality of whether or not a restaurant can even cook uh, on electricity. So, you know, they we're blindly going down. Metro Vancouver's made this vote, and we find out about it. In fact, I went to their website today, mm-hmm. and I, what I heard about natural gas was they've extended natural gas buses because they don't have enough charging stations to go electric. So now they're sort of going, okay, but you're going to ban natural gas for everybody else. The other issue I'll say um, is that in Vancouver, they're looking at banning natural gas, Jazz, in new builds. Yep. And so uh, that would mean that uh, Jazz Joe Hall could not put, would likely not put a restaurant in that new development where we see a lot of new restaurants developing uh, because you don't have access to gas. So effectively, you're sort of killing the industry. So uh, apart from all the ethnic considerations in our industry, um, you know, a lot of you know, I think about maybe almost 49% of the restaurants in Metro Vancouver are ethnic restaurants, which rely on open gas cooking. That's how they do it. So, you know, it really needs a broader discussion and, and a more inclusive discussion. I think it's a bit, it's a sad state when Metro Vancouver just sort of vote and, and don't take into, into account these considerations. If you're just joining us, our guest is Ian Tostenson, president of the BC Restaurant and Food Services Association. We're talking about a vote uh, that was held last Friday. The Metro Vancouver Board voted 8450 in support of accelerating a faster move away from fossil fuels. Uh, it was an original recommendation that was advocated by the City of Richmond, and the vote includes asking the BC government to enact legislation to speed up the transition away from uh, natural gas. Now, many people have said, look, you only have to look at the wildfires and what this world is going through when it comes to climate change, it's the right thing to do. Others have said, leave the climate change uh, file to senior levels of government, Ottawa and Victoria, where you can have uh, an impact. Give me a call on the open line. I want to hear from you. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell phone. Uh, let's go to Brad and Langley. Hi, Brad. Hi, Jazz. Hi, Ian. It's Brad McLeod Hi, Brad. here with Sea Lovers Fish and Chips. Hi, Brad. Hey, buddy. Hi. When I heard you two talking, I just had to call in on this. Um it just it's impossible in the restaurant industry i think we're going to switch for right now with the technology out there and switch to electricity there isn't enough power on our grids to be able to handle what the restaurants would draw we did a quick synopsis uh the other day when we first heard this talking mm-hmm. talked to an electrical contractor does our work besides cost of the cost of equipment for the restaurant can buy an all new equipment because everything has to be new to go to electric and then power consumption uh, with the load with us with deep fryers, you would be upwards of 150,000 minimum, if not 200,000. 
And BC Hydro probably doesn't even have the power to give us in most of our locations. I don't know any small business who can handle that kind of that kind of outlay of cash, right? And, and the other part is hydro. There's there's not our power grid is not designed for this. Like you're eliminating, and then when you've got problems in winter time with electricity or whatever, like the heat load that we need in the Okanagan and places like that, it just, it doesn't work. No, and, and, work. and uh, I think you raise a very good point. We've got to remind ourselves with the amount of EVs that we're um, uh, selling now, even with Site C coming on, which I think is about 10 or 15% of the province's power, once it comes on, there's already talk that we may need one or two more uh, Site Cs just to stay up with what's going on. So you're absolutely right in regards to just the, the, the power uh, consumption and what we can handle so far in this province. So Brad, I really appreciate your call. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, let's go to Mike in Vernon. Hi, Mike. Hey, good afternoon, Jazz. Yeah, that was a really good point that uh, the previous caller brought up about the electrical grid, electricity, electrical grid with uh, with cars, with buses, with everything else trying to draw power off the grid and then trying to switch our houses all over to electrical and to heat pump. Um, <laughs> we're going to run out. We're going to be worse in California. Um but on another note, using the gas and electricity um, for cooking, mm-hmm. uh, there's a ski area up here in the Okanagan that hosts uh, farm workers from Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And they're used to cooking on gas, and they cook a lot of their they, – they cook these really cool flatbread things that they have to cook over high heat really quickly. And that's how they do it, right? Well, mm-hmm. they were doing it over, over uh, electricity – but they were having all sorts of problems with uh, being able to control the heat and stuff quickly um, and uh, smoke alarms going off and everything else in these accommodations that they were in. What they wound up doing was putting in um, a temporary gas kitchen for them to use and uh, basically a shipping container uh, with a couple of big uh, commercial gas ranges in it for them to use. And uh, it just goes to prove that it won't work. It's just not going to work for a lot of, of the cooking that is done in this province. We have such a diverse um, style of cooking done, mm-hmm. so much ethnic food, that it just won't work. Yeah. And uh, I, I just I don't know why, Jazz, they have to come up with these little silly ideas that in the grand scheme of things are really not going to make much of a difference. There's far bigger ways of controlling how much um, CO2 we're allowing in the atmosphere, than worrying about a cooking stove. Yeah. Mike, I really appreciate your call. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it goes back to, I think, what you were saying, Ian. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there are, you know, policies can be aspirational, and I'm, I'm all for that. That's all well and good. But if they're not grounded in the realities of the needs of everyday people and industry, it's rather irrelevant. It sounds wonderful to say, look, we had a big vote, and as the Mayor Brody said at the top of our, our conversation, we have a roadmap. Well, <laughs> the roadmap doesn't really deal with the realities of your industry, does it? No, it doesn't. And the industry is, is so impactful on an environmental side. I mean, we use a lot of water, so we work on those sort of things. And we use, you know, we, have, we, we generate a lot of uh, waste, and we work on that as well, too. Like, we, we're very conscious of that because... We need to set an example for the public. But, you know, if you want change, and I, I believe this in my heart, then we, we need to have the broad discussion and find ways and common sense. Like, 
you know, Brad and, and the caller from Vernon, that, that's common sense. And, and I know Brad at Sea Lovers Fish and Chips. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came from a trade a trade before he got in the restaurant business. And he's wonderful. He's a wonderful operator. He knows his stuff. And what he said is so true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, leaving an industry out, and, and I think the caller in Vernon makes a good point, there's other ways that we could make a bigger impact collectively. But what we're doing now is we're back to a divisive, uh, a, a situation right now where municipalities are making decisions and Metro Vancouver is making decisions and the province is making decisions. And for our industry right now, what it doesn't need is more uncertainty. It needs to have a solid footing to regain itself and its confidence in the future. So uh, it's really unfortunate, but we're going to just keep pushing on this and, and see. Um, but, you know, Brad raises another interesting point too, is that, you know, even though you could do a conversion and it might be six figures to do that conversion, um, it probably doesn't work, and it doesn't work. And I think it's very disrespectful, Jazz, to the the ethnicity of British Columbia to say, you know what, you may not cook one day with gas and without any discussion. I think that's that's wrong, and I think it's wrong for our sector because, as I said earlier, the diversity in our, in our industry is 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 amazing and it's it's refreshing. Ian, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Jazz. Oh. Thanks for having me on.